podcast. What's up, people? We are back. Back again. Took a week off. Uh, we are missing one of our guys. Nate is not here today. It'll just be me and Dewey. Um, but the show must go on. It must. Uh, he'll be back for the next episode. So, Nate, whatever you're doing, we miss you, bud. But we'll, we'll see you in a couple weeks. The show goes on. Yeah, the show rolls on, baby. Uh, lots to talk about. The NFL draft was big. There were some surprises. There were some falls. There were some not good picks. There were some good picks. Uh, we're going to go over all of them. A lot of them. We might not cover everything in depth, but we'll go over the first round picks. And then some of our gold mine picks to where they kind of fall and you're like, yeah. First round draft grade, fall into the third round, second round. Um, and then we'll kind of go over some guys that how the hell did they get drafted in the first round. <laughs> There's a couple. Yeah. Um, Typically, you know what teams pick. It's the same teams every year. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Reds, Wade Miley. Wade no, Miley. no. Wade Miley, only three strikeouts, no hitter. You love to see it. That means he'll give up 12 runs yep. next game. First inning. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw a stat. He threw only seven pitches above 90 miles an hour. Jesus. Out of 100, I think 108 that he threw. And only, I think it was 14 or 21, something like that, under 80 miles an hour. So 85% of his pitches were in the 80s. And still no hits. Still no hits. Still no hits. Um, the NBA starting to get down to the nitty gritty. But first, I want to cover the NFL draft, obviously. So the first pick, we all knew Trevor Lawrence going to Jacksonville. Um, No shocker there. That was by far the easiest. Is that what we would? I mean, can we have the first pick? Can they not take a whole ten minutes minutes to make their decision? You knew goddamn well three months ago you were taking Trevor Lawrence. We got to have Roger Bell come up. The draft is underway. The Jacksonville Jaguars pick. Yeah. There we go. Can we uh, speed it up a little bit there? Yeah. Um, at number two, I think we had talked about this. I I thought Zach Wilson was going to go yeah. there. You did not. Well, I, I, knew, well, I, I well, thought he was going to go. I didn't agree didn't, with the pick. You didn't agree with the pick as Zach Wilson going number two. I don't think, he's the, second, I don't think he's the second best quarterback in the draft. Um, and it, it seems like the Jets didn't really look at anybody else. They were kind of keyed in on zeroed in Zach on Zach Wilson. Um, to me, this is a shocker. Trey Lance. I'm not surprised. Going three. I thought Justin Fields was in there with Shanahan. Um, well, the, all the talk about Mike Jones was like, that's what I didn't buy into that. So I figured, hey, you're going to trade up trade up to three, you're going to take the guy that, you know, he's going to give it a little more. Like, both Lance and Fields have the athleticism. And I think just, and they both have a strong arm. Obviously, the accuracy of Fields is more accurate. But Lance has a good deep ball. Like down the field accuracy, and then and I mean if you look at Lance makes quicker decisions usually. He plays within the offense a lot more there, so Fields would run around and sit in the pocket for twenty seconds. So I, I get why they would pick him, but I never bought him the Mac Jones type, so wasn't a surprise to me. Uh, number four, Kyle Pitts. I think we yeah. both knew that was yeah. coming. Um, makes sense for Atlanta. Yeah, who else are you gonna? What, what are the need? What else are you gonna take? Yeah. Either trade back or 
take the best player in the draft by most people's opinion. At number five, I think we all knew this was going to come. Yeah. Uh, Jamar Chase. I don't like the pick for Cincinnati, but I didn't like the pick at that time. But they kind of honed in, cleaned up the offensive line in the later rounds, which this draft was pretty deep in offensive linemen. So it, it worked out. And if you, I mean, when Jonah Williams was healthy, he played well at left tackle. So to, for the Bengals' perspective, you think you had, you signed Riley Reed, so tackle isn't really, you don't need to draft a tackle. So your tackles are set. It's the end, like the guard is where your weakness is, lies on the offensive line. So, of course, and it's, if you believe Jamar Chase is that, that guy, like the next Julio Jones, and yeah, you should pick him. And, and Burrow was pounding the table for him, too. So. Yeah. Um, number six, Jalen Waddle. I thought they were going to go Smith, but you know, Waddle's a good fit for them. He's faster, so it makes like it just depends on what just preference. Like they, they're not the same player, so, so would you, you prefer the Waddle or the Smith? So um, could go wrong with either one, in my opinion. So. I thought Detroit was going to trade back. And they actually draft uh, Panay Sewell. Yeah. That brings up a dilemma because Taylor Decker is still there under contract. Yeah, he's in what is I think he's last year or he just signed or something. But again, he's like it's it goes back. It's the same dilemma as the Jonah Williams thing. You know, it's when he's been on the field, he's been good. But he hasn't been able to stay healthy for a full season. So it's like, do you? What do you plan to do with him? Because you're set on the interior of the line. Center and your two guards are both good, so yeah. I don't know who the right tackle is off the top of my head. So if you move him to right tackle, you're probably going to have to move him to right tackle. Cut him. You're, I mean, in my mind, or just have, or just him being the sixth guy until because he's he's out of contract. Yeah. Um, number eight, Panthers select J.C. Horn. I did not see that no. coming. Me neither. Um, I was. I thought they were. Gonna, I thought for sure they were either going to take Fields or trade. I did, yeah, I did not see the whole JC Horn thing coming, and that really. Or even offensive line. Offensive line. I was thinking. I well, I knew if Sewell dropped to him, they would they would get Sewell. But with Sewell being picked before, do you, do you really want to draft Devontae Smith at eight? For them, no. I mean, they I have mean, good like they don't. They need a guy to replace Curtis Samuel, and there are guys that. And Devontae Smith is not that guy. So, and I think they drafted a, a guy later in the draft that is what they needed at receiver anyway. But I was just surprising because I did not see them going defense again first round. I mean, I guess they, well, that's the one need on defense they have is corner, so it makes sense. But I thought for sure. Because you heard, like, I thought for sure they had, there were reports they had one quarterback that they really liked if he was there. They were definitely taking him, or definitely considering it. So, it must also, have not been Fields or Mac Jones. Or they believe it's, or they believe in Sam Donald's a guy. They want to give him that chance. But still, if you just pass it, if Darnold doesn't improve, doesn't perform to the level that you think he is in Fields, and both Fields and Mac Jones both play really well, then. People will be second guessing that decision for a while. Yeah. Number nine, uh, absolutely broke my heart. The Broncos select Patrick Sertan. 
Um, I did not see that coming at all. I thought if they were going to go defense, they were going to go Micah Parsons. And they threw everybody for a switch and went Pat Sertan. Um, good pickup. I mean, I don't, I don't, their whole, their defense is set really. So that, picking the defense that high is a luxury. So it's like, well, it's more of a future pick than, I mean, yeah, than an immediate need because they're, they have like three or four, they have three or four deep at corner and linebacker. Yeah. So it's like, I was thinking, again, I was thinking quarterback or, or, I mean, or trade back again. Like, I figured. I figured they were. Up there. Yeah, I figured they would trade back and then go offensive lineman. Because I feel like nine, nobody else was really. Kind I mean, of it, well, hindsight, if Juwan, I think if Juwan James had already injured himself, they might have gone offensive line. Yeah. But. Um, number 10, the Eagles move up and select Devontae Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, Jump the Giants. Or Devontae Smith, who uh, the Giants probably definitely going to take if they stayed there. Well, we traded with the, they traded with us mm-hmm. to jump because I think the Giants were at eleven. Yeah, you're all three right back. Yeah. Back. Um, the Eagles go and get Devontae Smith, which whatever. Um, they need a number one, but they need a lot more than a receiver. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, I mean, it's, they have a lot of needs. So. Yeah. But it always seems to be a receiver for the Eagles, so... At, it, least, they, at least they got a guy who... It didn't shock me at all. Not going to bust, hopefully, like all hopefully, their other receivers. Yeah. <laughs> um, number 11, Chicago goes up and drafts Justin Fields. The Bears. Um, in that system... I mean, it depends on if they learn from their mistakes, really. It's either going to be another Trubisky or it's going to be an okay um, fit. I mean, you got to remember, Nagy didn't draft Trubisky. And he, so, Trubisky was never his guy. So, he also didn't utilize Trubisky to the, to the best of his abilities, but that's, did he learn, first of all, did they learn from that? Second, um, Nagy was there with Mahomes when they drafted Mahomes. He was that offensive coordinator for a year, so. He's seen that blueprint. Obviously, Andy Dalton's no Alex Smith. <laughs> so, in my in my opinion, I think yeah, I think Fields has to start. If, if Maggie and Pace want to keep their jobs, <laughs> Fields has to start as soon as possible. Especially when you move up to get a guy. I think in that situation, if you're going to move up to get someone, you kind of have to give that guy the benefit of the doubt and kind of see what he's about. I mean, especially if you there's calls for their head too because they under mainly because of the quarterback position. Yeah. Um, they very they, I mean they they outside, much of, been outside of that they set. have a solid outside of quarterback. Their defense is set. They're, they have some nice weapons. Um and uh, he's gonna give something that his deep ball accuracy again. Like I think what Mooney, the dude who got overthrown in the NFC in the playoffs by Trubisky when he was wide open on the trick play. Then I saw a stat that he was like top ten in attempted air yards. Something so basically they're thrown to him deep a lot and they just couldn't complete the fastest yeah because so but they got outside of quarterback and offensive line the rest of their roster is good so yeah not not a bad <clears throat> you know not a bad pick for Chicago I just we're we're gonna have to see if they learned from the Mitchell Trubisky mistakes or not 
And, uh, yeah, we'll see. But Fields is no, no Trubisky, so. Um, at 12, the Cowboys move back, and they still draft Micah Parsons. I liked the move uh, once Patrick Sertan got drafted. I thought it was a good move for the Cowboys. They move back. They get a third-round pick, and they still get the guy that we won um, since Sertan was taken. Um, corner was still an issue, but we kind of patched that up in the later rounds. Um, I feel like in the first three rounds, the Cowboys kind of got screwed on almost every pick because the guy that we were looking at literally got picked right in front of us. Um, the safety out of TCU, I knew we were looking at hard. He got drafted right in front of us. And then we go with, I think, the corner from Kentucky. Um, but I think Micah Parsons is a dog. Yeah, just uh, um, I know houses houses maturity. There's some character issues, but I think Jerry likes them that way. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and I understand it. you got to be a bad dude to play defense in the NFL. Now, if he can kind of sure up those character issues, and if he can just play the way that he did at Penn State, uh, get to the quarterback, make the plays fly around, kind of let him be the – I'm not going to compare him to Ray Lewis, but let him be the Ray Lewis of the defense kind of – don't put a leash on him. I think he can be a stud. Yeah, I mean, um, you, you one Penn State linebacker retires and Tron Lee and drafts another one. So. <laughs> and I think with him being there, if Van Der Esch stays healthy, that's going to that's gonna help Van Der Esch's game, and it's going to help Jalen Smith's game. Um, because Jalen Smith really took a beating this past year. He also got hand. I mean, defensive coordinator. Didn't help. Vander Esch is hurt. It was kind of all on Jalen Smith. And I don't think he was ready for that. And so hopefully bringing in Micah Parsons, Vander Esch, and Jalen Smith can get back to the linebackers that we had two years ago, which would be very nice. And Parsons is uh, versatile. So was the uh, most, like, I know most teams recruit him as a defensive end. I mean, I think, what is he, 240? He's like 6'4", two, yeah, 240, 250, somewhere. Runs like a 4'3". Yeah. It was insane. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That's insane. So I think at that point, Keenan O'Neal has to play safety. Um, I think he has to be on the field with what we have. So I think at that point, Keenan Neal is going to have to play more safety instead of bringing him down to outside linebacker like we thought. So we'll have to see how that goes. Um, at number 13, the Chargers select Sean Slater. They got just what they wanted. Which is something that they <laughs> needed. Um, I mean, and, and he fell right, like, fell right to him. It worked out nicely for him. Sewell fell. So... And Sewell fell and Slater fell too, and none of the teams really outside of Philadelphia is the only one that you can see ahead of them taken. And they went Devontae Smith, so. So nice pick for the uh, Chargers right there. Um, the Jets, they selected um, Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC. Don't know much about him. 
Um, he was the number one position ranked offensive guard. I mean, the, the new GM they hired that seemed, they seem to be they're definitely doing a better job already than they did for Sam Darnold. You know, they drafted Beckton last year and now like guard, so their left side of the offensive line is two first round picks. So definitely a nice, nice thing. Uh, already Zach Wilson is better off than Sam Darnold ever was there. So. Mac Jones falls to the Patriots at 15. That uh, seems like a real Bill Belichick thing. <laughs> yeah, it didn't seem too excited. I would say, oh, here, whatever, whatever. we're going to take it here. I mean, I think at that point they had to take Mac Jones. Yeah, we don't. I, mean, um, we don't, I know trading up is never their style, so I don't think. Uh, I don't think that was. I know they had good calls. I remember. Uh, I heard there's a report that some team, some team. Around that, what seven to eleven range had called him back. Had called him, you know, asking, "Hey, do you want to trade up?" Because you had acquired before, and they basically said, "No, thanks. We're just going to wait, take whatever quarterback is going to be here." Basically, that's, Mac that's Jones their style. right too. <laughs> um, I think Mac Jones fits what the Patriots do. Um, obviously, when I say this, he's not Tom Brady, no, he but he plays. Tom Brady-esque. He gets the ball out quick. He makes pretty solid reads. He's obviously more versatile than Tom Brady. He can get out of the pocket, make more plays than Tom Brady. Um, definitely don't think he has the arm strength of Tom Brady. Not that close. But he definitely, I mean, it's boo. It's He gets yeah, it out when he needs to. He makes those, when, whenever it was the Patriot way, Tom Brady slinging that thing around for a four-yard dunk. Mac, I mean, he's getting it out. He's reading the defense. He's getting it out. That's what Mac Jones does. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna do pretty well in doing it. Yeah, I just don't think he'll be able to make like those the tight window throws. I don't think he's gonna have enough time to zip on the ball to make those like Tom. Tom still even now, Tom still got some zip on the ball. But I mean, it's if the guy like if that's not the end of playing in New England with the weather. That's the only thing that would concern me is the arm strength. Obviously, he can. Uh, Train and make it stronger, you know. Obviously, there's going to be a, a limit based on you know genetics, but he can definitely improve his arm strength by actually hitting the gym, which it doesn't look like he did. But if uh, you know, 20 years from now, he wins a couple Super Bowls, and and you'll have the photo of him and uh, with the cigar shirtless, and you got Tom like well, <laughs> fine guys that look like this. Obviously, they're winners. <laughs> Um, at number 16, the Cardinals draft uh, Xavier Collins. He was number one position ranked outside linebacker. Um, I think that's a good fit for Arizona. Um, yeah, too bad the linebacker coach isn't going to know how to use him. But. Um, so that was Isaiah Simmons. Yeah. They had no clue what to do with him. I think at the end of the year, they started to realize that you really had to – you couldn't put a leash on Isaiah. He's one of those players where you got to kind of let him go out and roam, kind of be his own player. And once they realized that, it was like, holy shit, this kid is going is a stud. You know, I I, – I don't think they yeah, – when they drafted Simmons, I don't think they, had a, they really had a plan on how they're going to use him. No. I think they wanted to use him as safety. And I think that's what they did at the beginning of the year and realized ah, he's really not that true of a safety. You can kind of put him back there and spot some, but I don't think that he's a true safety. 
And I think once they moved him to linebacker, I, hopefully what we do with Parsons is what they started doing with Isaiah Simmons, and it worked out really well for him. Um, the Las Vegas Raiders. Alex Leatherwood. Alex Leatherwood. Um, probably the biggest surprise. He's not a bad tackle. Let's just put – I just want to say that first and foremost. No. He's not a bad tackle. He had better tackles <clears throat> on the board, though. But they could have drafted. But I don't see why they would draft him at 17 when they have clearly more things that they need. <clears throat> well, I mean, they let like their whole offensive line go in the offseason. So, I mean, offensive line is a need. So... But I mean, I mean, left. I mean, at position rank, he was number two. I mean, the, the position rankings are all over the place. A lot of people had him as a second round pick. And that you saw Darisol on the board from Virginia Tech. Yeah. You had Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State on the board. Lee Eichenberg from Notre Dame. You know, people were saying he could go in the first round. So you had, had some guys that <clears throat> really could have taken uh, that I think people had, most people had rated higher than Leatherwood. Yeah, I just yeah, that was a, that was a bad pick in my mind. But I mean, I mean, it could pan out. Good, but I mean, that's what they do. You know, they they stick to their board regardless of what anyone else thinks. Um, at number eighteen, the Dolphins go to the defensive inside. They go Jalen Phillips. Um, don't know much about the kid. Uh, okay. Stud. Talent. I think uh, talent wise, he's the best. Uh, Rusher in the draft, uh, and they needed one. Yeah, and just think injuries. You know, see, he transferred, but he retired for a year. He transferred from USC UCLA and then went to Miami and came back to football because I guess the injuries that he decided he wanted to play. So if he could stay healthy, it's probably a good pick. Um, at number nineteen, the Washington. Football team. Football team. The football team. They drafted uh, Jermaine Davis, inside linebacker. Linebacker from Kentucky. Um, don't know much about him. He was a late riser because of his uh, athleticism. A lot of people had uh, had him being going to the Browns for uh, in the back at later in the first round, so. And, I mean, uh, we'll see. I mean, I didn't think linebacker was something they really needed that much, but. It does pair well with that front four they have, though. I mean, yeah, but, I mean, I, you had you had Morig on the board still. I mean, I was thinking they were going to go safety, but. I mean, you got you don't know how these people have players rated. So, I guess Morig fell because of injuries. Like, there's some medical concern and that came up. So. Something and with the, the pandemic, you know, you can't get all the as much information as normally. So a lot of guys they had taken off the board. They couldn't verify the information. So it's like, well, let's pick the next guy that we had here. At number twenty, the Giants select Kadarius Tony, uh, wide receiver out of Florida. I mean, that's a good pick. They were able to. They missed out on Smith. They want to trade back nine spots and still get still get a good receiver. 
going to be the next guy on, on the board, or next receiver on the board, because no receivers went. Until then. So. At number 21, the Colts select Kawiti Pay out of Michigan. He that was, was a surprise. He was the um, number one position ranked defensive end. They had him 18th overall and the grade of 90. I mean, he's a good player, but I'm, again, I feel like. They need a left tackle. And I was surprised they didn't go left tackle there. But. Let's see. That's a theme. A theme to me is the amount of teams that passed on offensive I line. I think really. from what I'm seeing here, they went with him because the Colts ranked 28th in NFL pressure rate. Basically, could be yeah. into the damn quarterback. That's true. So... I mean, I, and they, I, I, in their I, I, mind, they kind of sure up a pass rusher right there. So I see it. Yeah, it makes um, it's a, it makes sense, but I think with I think it's just more with the, their next pick is what they took another defensive end with their, their second round pick. It's like, well, what's so that's where I kind of like, well, you probably should have gone off as a lineman in one of those picks, but if you, if you have a guy rated highly and they fall for you, I guess it's. Like, hey, might as well take them, even though it's not technically a need at the moment. Yeah, I can see it. At number 22, the Titans select Caleb Farley. Um, I think it would be a good pick for them, especially the corners that they've lost. Um, he <laughs> opted out last year, so I think that's why he kind of fell a little bit. Well, he had back surgery. And, yeah, he Sandy was injured, yeah. So, so that's a big that's thing a big also. Question mark. Um, if he stays healthy, I think he's going to be a solid corner and it will be a good pick for the Tennessee Titans. At number 23, the Vikings select Christian Darisol, tackle out of Virginia Tech. Um, he was right there, slated behind Slater and Sewell. Um, good pick, obviously, for them. They needed a left tackle. And they traded, they traded back with the Jets. So the Jets traded back to 14. Take the guard, and they trade it back, and they, they were fall gonna, back, and they get their left tackle that they needed. They were going to take uh, Justin Fields at fourteen if he was there. So that's and the Bears jumped up there because they didn't want to trade up and give away even the third round, or fourth round pick, just to move up a couple spots. So see if that comes back to bite them in a few years. At number twenty-four, the Pittsburgh Steelers select Najee Harris. Najee Harris. In the Steelers' mind, I get why you draft Najee Harris. You need a running back. At the same time, Harris is going to have nowhere to run. <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> um, I would never draft like it's running running back. It's such a you can find him everywhere. You don't need to draft one in the first round. Like I would never. Like I just as a Browns fan, and we've we Trent Richardson. Everybody knows. The Trent Richardson story, but even back in the early 2000s when they made the playoffs, that the first time they had to, they drafted William Green in the first round as a running back out of Boston College, and that was he couldn't do anything other than run. He couldn't block. He couldn't catch. He I think he only had one like one thousand thousand yard season. That was his rookie year, and he was and they got more more production out of guys they drafted later. So it's like what's a, you get? It's not a you can find guys later in the draft. Take a, and 
as many needs as the Steelers have. Yeah, corners a need. They lost two starting corners in free agency. They lost Bud Dupree. Plus, they need the left tackle. Need a center. Bounce retired. I don't even know who the right tackle is. Um, DeCastro is the right guard. He's old. <laughs> the only good offensive lineman is uh, the left guard. Uh, Dots. I mean, got to take an offensive line somewhere, and more than one. Right. So that's like, and I just love all the Steelers fans so happy about it, but yet giving the Bengals shit for not taking Sewell. It's like, look at your own team. The Bengals have a better offensive line than you do right now. So. And that's that's <laughs> hard to say. Very hard to say. <laughs> at number twenty-five, the Jaguars draft Travis Etienne. Um, it I mean, fits the the, the pair fits obviously with Lawrence. Yeah, um, again, I mean, and he, like him and Harris both are going to be able to catch the ball in the backfield. So, so it's definitely. But I still want to draft him in the first round. Obviously, depends on how the board falls, and it's like you get towards the end of the first round, so you can almost see some of these as like a second round pick, but. If you're going to use him in the passing game a lot, then you can, like, as, like if he's like an Alvin Kamara where he catches 70 passes a year and runs for 1,000 yards, and if the first round pick, you'd say it was worth it. But, again, it's a tough choice to make. But, uh, we will continue the rest of the first round after this quick break. Back here at the 26th pick, the Cleveland Browns selected Greg Newsom out of Northwestern. Great pick. That's uh, honestly, that's who I was hoping for. Um, in, the, in the draft, and it felt nice for him, so I was pleased with that. I mean, again, the only issue is Kenny, is he going to be able to stay healthy? I mean, this is quite the game's injury, but if he can stay, if, that, if their secondary can stay healthy, it's Really good. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see him paired with Denzel Ward if Greedy Williams can stay healthy. Um, those are. Yeah, it depends on how Greedy comes back. Cause there's a, a nerve issue in his shoulder, and apparently that's never going to be 100. percent So, and he's quit. Once he's cleared to play, you know how's how's he going to play? So, and it and it could happen again if he if he if he yes, he'll be forced to retire. We'll see how um, that goes. Number 27, the Ravens <laughs> select Rashad Bateman. Um, I think that's a good pick for them. Yeah, they need a receiver. <laughs> um, so Need someone to throw to outside of Mark Andrews. Yeah. So I think Bateman was the best option right there for the Ravens to try to go sure up um, that wide receiver front. I mean, they, they did a good uh, – they signed Sammy Watkins and drafted Bateman, so. Then they still have Hollywood Brown, Yeah, right? so Hollywood Brown, or he'll, you know, drop 50% of the passes, but hey, <laughs> he's fast. <laughs> um, at number 28, the Saints select Peyton Turner, defensive man out of Houston. Right. I mean, he tested – like, if he tested really well athletically, that's why he blew up the boards. So there's some uh, – but again, it goes back to these teams that have these players ranked differently, and some people are some people are going to value that at the athleticism more than the tape. 
So it's something well, that's gonna doesn't <laughs> doesn't matter what they run. How, what's it like? Yeah, they ran a four four. What's their speed look like on tape? Right. So, At number twenty nine, the Packers select Eric Stokes. A corner. <laughs> you can always count on the Packers. Oh man, I was I was really tuned in to see what they were gonna do. I mean, that's, don't worry about we haven't need a slot receiver and you only have really good slot receivers available. Nope, we're gonna pass. We'll take a you know, corner is a need for them. We'll take a corner and do, do you go Stokes there though? I'm getting again. It's the athleticism. Like he was pretty inconsistent when it comes to like playing defense. I mean, he's good, but it wasn't like he did his tape didn't match what he tested. But it was still good. So, so. and talk about projection too. Yeah. Like, and we'll know th- we'll know a few years from now if it's a good pick or not. Right. But, at number 30, the Bills select Gregory um, Rousseau. 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 I tried. Um, defensive end out of Miami. Um, they say he's a pretty solid pass rusher. So that puts another pass rusher on the Bills. Um, and he was set out last year. And year before that, he uh, he was like right there with Chase Young in terms of sacks. Yeah, stride for stride, so to speak. But the, that adds I mean, another key factor to the Bills um, getting getting better, which is kind of scary. Well, they, that's what they need. They, yeah, they needed another someone else to get to the quarterback. At number thirty-one, the Ravens select Odefu Owahu. Jason Owe. He goes by Jason, but somehow they always, all these drafts, they put his actual name. Yeah, I fucked that all up. <laughs> um, outside linebacker, Penn State. I'm going to draft a linebacker out of Penn State. Well, he's going to play, play linebacker. He was a defensive end at Penn State. Pretty much always a good selection. It's just the fact that he didn't have any sacks last year. <laughs> but hey, he's athletically, he's really good. But again, the. the the tape didn't match the production didn't match the athleticism. And I think the thing is Baltimore, I think they run a three four. Yeah. So he can kind of stand up on the outside yeah, can, and use his speed to his advantage. So yeah, it's a different like he's gonna play outside linebacker, you definitely it's definitely more of a pro, you're projecting to what he'll be as an outside linebacker versus a four three defensive end. So and he I mean he had some good he would pressure guys but I think pretty good, but he just couldn't get a sack. Number 32, the Buccaneers select Joe Tyron out of Washington, outside linebacker. So, I mean, it's 30 seconds. 30, yeah, what, they don't have any needs, really. They can just pick yeah. wherever they want. Yeah. <laughs> um, our, entire, our entire team is back. We just won the Super Bowl. Who's the best player on our board? We'll take him. So, to me... In the second round, I think a great pick. We're not going to go all over all the second rounds. I'm just going to go through, tell you who I think was there's, a steal in the second. Yeah, there's two guys. There's that a couple. Yeah. Christian Barmore out of Alabama goes to the Patriots. I think that is a great fit. 
I think Barmore has all the talent in the world. Um, I think, obviously, no one in that first round really needed a defensive tackle, but he's a first-round talent that fell to the second. Um, and I honestly think – I think they moved up for him. I think the Patriots actually dra- or, uh, traded and moved up for him. Um, I think so, yeah. Think he right. was the number one defensive tackle position or uh, position ranking. Yeah, in, the, in the first in the first early second to where most people had him ranked. So, um, he just, again, that consistency. Yeah, and I think if anyone really needed a defensive tackle in the first round, I think he would have been the first one off the board. So, um, I, for, I mean, he still was the first one off the board, yeah. I'm saying. In the first round. In the first, first round. In the first round. Yeah. yeah. I get it. I mean, it's a, I think defensive tackles are pretty uh, – position-wise throughout the league, it's pretty stacked. When you look, just look at all the guys that play defensive tackle in the league. Um, my second guy – is the linebacker out of Notre Dame that the Browns selected uh, at number 20 overall. They have him ranked as the number one position linebacker, or the number one ranking. I don't think he's better than Micah Parsons. Um, I think they had him as an out. Didn't they have, did they have Parsons as an inside linebacker? Inside linebacker. Yeah, so. And this guy is also considered an inside linebacker. Um, and, I don't know. A lot of – I would. I don't. I think the reason why they gave him the edge over Parsons is because Parsons opted out last year. Yeah, probably. Um, but no one had him being selected before Parsons. No, so. no, they just had the position ranked him above Parsons. Um, I think Parsons is a better player, but I don't think this kid is a slouch by any means. No, I mean they. Um, I think he kind of fell because of his some health problems. Apparently, if I read that right. Not really. I mean, there's that report that there's some heart issue that came up, but yeah. he, the doctors cleared it. Like, okay, he was cleared from any like, and then he's like, they interviewed him, and there's like, well, I have no idea where that came from. That's never been like an issue. And he's like, anyone back and checked with like the medical people in there, and they're like, no, that's never been an issue. I just so, don't see how he falls all the way to the twenty because 20 they don't know where to put it. Around. Like, it goes back to Isaiah Simmons. Like he, he like Arizona didn't do him any favors. And he's smaller than Simmons, you know. Yeah. He's six one, like two hundred and sixteen pounds, and he's not really, he's not really a safety. He's not really a linebacker. So it's like, well, he doesn't really get off blocks very well. But if you had just had, if you out there playing in space, he's a he's a nightmare. Yeah, so. I think that was a great selection. Um, yeah, apparently the Browns were considered. I think uh, they. I think Stavansky said in, in the inter- interview that they were considering drafting him at pick twenty six when they took news. So, there and they jumped up to get him. So it was a great pick. Like you would have told me before the draft, the Browns were going to draft Greg Newsom and Owusu uh, Koroma with their in the, with their first two picks. I'd have been like, well, it's a, it's a good draft. Oh, I don't care who right. they pick the rest yeah. of the draft. Right. Solid, solid draft. So who are your two guys that you're kind of shocked fell in the second? Koroma, Koroma, I can't pronounce the name. I know how to pronounce it, I just can't pronounce it. But I was shocked he fell, honestly. Um, and then uh, Tevin, the Tevin Jenkins, the tackle from uh, Oklahoma State, the Bears traded up for him. 
he's going to be their left tackle to protect Justin Fields. You got to give, I mean, they, you got to give the Bears credit. You know, they saw they had two guys that they wanted, and hey, we need a quarterback, we need a, a tackle. We're going to trade up and get him. And they got them both. Yeah, he didn't have another pick till like the fifth round. So, and there he was a. I think he was a lot of people thought he was going to go in the first round. So another another first round guy that fell. So and that, like, as soon as they drafted him, they cut their starting left tackle, Charles Leno. So basically, he's the starting left tackle now. Um, in the third round, kind of shocked that Cisco Andre Cisco fell that far. Um, to the third round, and I'm shocked that Kellen Mund was drafted in the third round. I mean, I'm not. I, I you had uh, basically him and Trask, and uh, the dude from Stanford, Davis Mills, were all like right there together as the next group of quarterbacks. And depends on about value. Minnesota, you know, they missed. They didn't get Fields, and Cousins still has two years left on his contract. And they're not gonna. They can't trade him, and they're not gonna cut him. So he's just going to sit there for two years and then probably take over for Cousins after this contract is up. So it's a good – I think it's a good fit by Minnesota. I mean, you can sit back there and learn. He has the, I, the tool. He has the tools to be successful. Just can you put it all together? I just never really thought he was great. Good. Well, I mean – You know, I mean – I, I. He didn't have – I know good, he didn't he have good, a lot to work with at he Texas a He had a good running game. Um I think their offensive line was decent. Their receivers weren't that great, though. So I guess they put, up, they put up numbers, though. I guess we're just gonna have to sit back and kind of see. And he started for what four years? Yeah. Really, I guess, and I think this last year he really improved in terms of his, uh, his ability. So we'll see what happens in a couple years. But I think it's a good fit. I think it was a good fit by them, honestly. Um. Anything else you want to talk about NFL draft wise? Kind of. Um, let's see. Yeah, I mean, the Steelers. Let's talk about them not drafting the offensive lineman. Um, I was shocked. Like, the first round, okay, they take a running back. You know, I'm like, okay. I we kind of all knew that the Steelers what, yeah. were going to take care of. Yeah, I mean, he's the, best running, probably, he's the best running back in the draft, so I don't – you can't blame them. But just different philosophies. So, well, I wouldn't draft running back that high. Okay, I mean, second round pick them. Okay, they're taking an offensive lineman here. They have to. After they said they take a tight end, who's, <laughs> I mean, he's not going to impact the running game very much because he's not going to be able to block a defensive tackle. But it's like that was questionable to me. Um, like, what you had, all the centers are still there. Like you could have taken a center. You had all of them available to choose from. So it's like, why didn't you just draft a center? And so they took a guy in the third round who only had four starts at center, played mainly guard. So. Is he going to be able to transition right away? I mean, they, they did draft two offensive linemen. They drafted players, but it's just like and they have a history of hitting on those guys. So, But just seems questionable that they didn't address those positions earlier and corner. They didn't take a corner until the seventh round when they lost uh, Mike Hilton, one of the best slot corners in the league. He's in Cincinnati now. And uh, Steven Nelson, he's a free agent. I mean, if, unless they sign him, unless they're able to bring him back, it's still amazing they didn't address either of those positions very well. 
Um, here's a uh, here's a good question for you. You can answer yours, and then I'll I'll get you mine. Give me two teams that you think most improved just by the draft, free agency. Don't look at free agency. Just from the draft. Just from the draft. The two teams that you think hit on all cylinders in the draft covered what they needed to. I gotta say, I, the Jets is one. I mean, quarterback, you can you can make an argument for if it, it was the right guy or not. Only time will tell. But the rest of the draft, you know, they took an offensive lineman in the first round. Second round, they took Elijah Moore, I believe, the wide receiver at Ole Miss, slot receiver. So again, the new the new GM is definitely doing what the, they didn't do for Sam Darnold. They're gonna give Zach Wilson a chance to succeed. So it's gonna be up to him if he can do it or not. And uh, who else? Let's see. Uh, I mean, let's see. I gotta go to Jacksonville. I can definitely see. I mean, I mean, you get two impact players, and you get two impact players in the first round. Well, and then you get Cisco falls to the yeah, third. You, get, you know what I mean? That's a big pickup on the defensive side. I think they got a got some other guys. I think later that fell. They got a tight end. They got Farrell out of Ohio State, who he went earlier than I thought. But hey, dude's basically a left tackle when it comes to his blocking ability. So that's that's definitely a good pick. It's gonna he can stay in the he can stay and protect Lawrence and help in the running game. So even if he doesn't catch a lot of passes. I think they improved the most. I, would, I mean, who else? I mean, there are definitely some teams that reached. Yeah, give me the two teams that you thought did not hit on what they needed in the draft. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I would say, I would say the Raiders, but they had they had the safety fall team in the second round. That was me. They did draft like three safeties though, for whatever reason. Like, what? I don't know. It just seems kind of redundant. Unless they're going to move one of them to like linebacker or something. Because he's either bigger. I feel like the Ra- I mean, every year the Raiders are questionable. So that's not a surprise, I should say. Uh, let's see. Who else? Not. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. The big one that stands out is Pittsburgh. I feel like they didn't do a good enough job of addressing their needs. And now, obviously, they can still sign guys. So they can still improve the team through free agency, but I was just confused by their draft strategy. Yeah. And normally, normally they hit on it. Normally it's good, so that was confusing. Um, and let's see. One other team. That's tough. Seattle, because they only drafted three players. Yeah. <laughs> like, and one of them was a wide receiver. But, I mean, they didn't need a third receiver. So, how do you give me your ranking?
from F to A on how you thought the Browns drafted. A. I mean, like, just I'll just go through their draft. So you get the corner first round. I mean, pretty much wherever they picked at that spot um, is going to be a good pick, I think. They get Wusu um, Korma in the second round, fall to him. Good pick. And uh, they draft in third round, they got the receiver out of Auburn, who runs a 4 2 40. And they don't need him. They can use him. Just let him give him the ball and let him fucking fly. Like, that's the one issue they have on offense is speed at receiver. Outside of Odell, it's non existent. And he doesn't have to be, he doesn't have to start right away. You know, he can ease him into the offense. Just let him some screens, you know, some jet sweeps as he gets better at his route running. Um, then you get James Hudson, tackle from Cincinnati, falls to the fourth round. Um, again, just adding depth to the offensive line, which is. You can never go wrong there. And Togi I defensive tackle, Ohio State, he fell um, to the fourth round also. And so that was a good pick. He could have gone as high as the second round. And then they got an inside line, another inside linebacker, Tony Fields from West Virginia in the sixth round. Uh, which again, I mean, he was a, a team captain, so you know, like his character is going to be. He should contribute on special teams. And then you get Felton, the dude from UCLA. Running back slash wide receiver. Dude can fly also. That's a really good kick return. So, again, I think they hit on everything. Like, <clears throat> only, the only thing they didn't draft was the defensive end. But, I mean, again, you gotta, if you have so many needs on defense, it's not a big deal. And they have enough guys. It's not like it's a, they have enough guys on the roster. Not a big deal. <clears throat> so my two teams that I felt really hit the mark on the draft uh, was the Dolphins. I think they really improved in the draft. They got another wide receiver um, to help out Tua, who we don't know if he's going to be the guy yet, but we're going to assume that he is. Um, they got the Eichenberg tackle out of Notre Dame. I thought it was a really good pick. Um, they just did the little things that I thought could really push them to be that contender type team. Um, yeah, they, had a good, they did well. I, I agree. My second I don't, it might have not been the most complete draft, but I thought the Bengals did pretty solid. Um, at first, when you see Jamar Chase, you're like, Jesus, here we fucking go with the Bengals bullshit. But. I never looked at it that way. Well, the only reason I looked at it that way is because I'm like, in my mind, when you see the Bengals pick something like that in the first round, they never addressed their needs throughout the draft. They changed that this year. Well, they used to they, be really good at like, they Marvin, go, When Marvin Lewis was their coach, they hit on like, all their picks like, all the time. That's why they were able to be so good for so long. But they go and get Jamar Chase, and then they sure up what they need later on in the draft. So they actually didn't do the Bengals thing. <laughs> 
And, I mean, they got Jackson Carmen out of Clemson in the second round, who I think has great potential, um, could be a good – I thought it was a reach, honestly. I feel like he – they could have got him in a round later, and he would have still been there. Possibly. And he's going to play guard, so um, how's he going to transition to guard? They got Joseph Osai in the third round, and as a Texas fan, I can tell you he's yeah, he's going to be good. Um Watching him every week in college, he he gets to the quarterback and he puts the pressure when need to um, on the quarterback. Um, they went and addressed another pass rusher, uh, Cameron Sample. They go and get a D tackle, um, Tyler Selvin, Shelvin, out of LSU. I felt like that was kind of a reach, but um, like we said before. He's a big boy, though. He is. <laughs> Big old boy. Um, but, again, these teams have certain guys on their draft boards, and if they come to them, even if they might – even as we might see as a reach, it might not be a reach for them on their draft board. Okay. Um, then they get another offensive tackle, Deont- Deontay Smith out of East Carolina. Um, I think they took a center in, like, the sixth round that was – they took a kicker in the fifth. I mean, I don't I, – I couldn't tell you about that. I don't know if they need a fucking kicker or not. I mean, <laughs> best kicker in the draft, so I guess. Uh, they get a center, Trey Hill out of Georgia. Um, a running back, Chris Evans out of Michigan. Um, he's a smaller running back, I'm pretty sure. Um, in the seventh. For the NFL, yeah. They go Wyatt Hubbard, defensive end. So now, to add on to my Steelers critique, they drafted a punter. <laughs> From what I hear, though, the dude's got a fucking massive leg. Yeah, he's built like a tank. <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, the Bengals—they did what they needed to. They went and drafted offensive linemen. They went and got a playmaker. They didn't put any pressure on the quarterback last year, so they drafted three defensive ends and a defensive tackle. They lost those guys, too. That, but they, I mean, obviously they need a lot more on defense, but they're starting the foundation. I think they did very well in the draft. The two teams that I did not think improved at all, the New Orleans Saints, who I couldn't tell you who they drafted. They had a, they had a, they reached, they reached, what was it, was it? They reached quite a bit. Second roll, though, they um, Pete Werner was a good pick in the second round. Uh, Peyton Turner, week. the defensive end out of Houston, I, I think that was a reach in the first. Possibly, but um, who else? I mean, it's like, well. Pete Werner, inside linebacker, I think that was an okay pick. I mean, their team's talk, talking about drafting him in the first round. Um, they go and get, so that was a good pick. they didn't have anybody in the third Let's see. In the fourth, they go Ian Book. That was a head scratcher. In the fifth, they got no one. In the sixth, Landon Young, offensive lineman out of Kentucky. Who I have no idea who that even is. Yeah, I mean, some of these later round guys are 
there. I just might not even make the team, so. I just feel like they didn't really address what they needed. Um, to the corner, too, right? I didn't see it. Possibly. Must have been later. But. Or they could have something. I saw some more, but maybe not. Are we just going to rely on Michael Thomas to make every play? Is that is that what they're gonna do? Is just rely on Michael Thomas right. to make every play. Alvin Kamara, uh, but and don't, don't forget about the BYU legend now. Oh, but I mean, <laughs> honestly, are we are they just gonna rely on Michael Thomas to make every single play at the wide receiver position? They didn't get they. I mean, unless they believe on the other guys that. I mean, what Sanders? Emmanuel Sanders is gone. Now they have another dude that I think I hurt last year. Year four receiver, but but you had Drew Brees. True, but yeah, I mean you have you also you couldn't throw the ball down the field anymore. So he still put it on you though. Oh yeah, I mean ten yards. Yeah, I mean but but, like you couldn't take it. You couldn't take advantage of the speed that you had out there as far as like the deeper deeper routes. So I think with Jameis Winston, you know he's definitely he can definitely throw it down the field. So, we'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens. But we'll see if those guys. We'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll see how those how they do. I mean, then we'll go from there. But we're about to take a quick break, and then we will come back, and I will tell you how I think the Cowboys drafted overall. And then we're gonna talk about who we think, which quarterbacks we think are built for success the most, the, the soonest and long term. Back, um, I'm going to tell you how I think the Cowboys did. I will not give my team an A. Um, I will say B minus. B minus. That's fair. Um, when got Micah Parsons, who I think we needed. You picked up an extra third round pick, too. An extra third round pick out of it since Sertain was not or Sertain was not there. Got Kelvin Joseph out of Kentucky um, for our needed corner, outside corner, not slot corner. I think if we needed a slot corner, we would have went to Sante Samuel in that position, but we went Kelvin Joseph because of the outside corner. I mean, some people think he can play out. Samuel can play outside, so he's he's, he's small. He is small. 5'10", I think. But wait, I mean, he's bigger than Denzel Ward. Yeah. Weight-wise, anyway. But. I, I think it was a good pick for us. I think we went off of athletic ability. Um, so we'll see. Uh, we went D-tackle in the third round. Don't know how to say this dude's name. Will not even try because I will fuck every part <laughs> of this up. Uh, defensive tackle out of UCLA. Um don't know how I feel about it. Went and got Chauncey Golston out of Iowa. Felt like that was a reach pick. That was a good pick. Um, but we need pressure on the quarterback. At 36 in the third round, we go to Nashawn Wright. That, at was, a that was also a reach. Um, I think they were lying on his speed. 
in his length. I think we're relying on speed and length right there. In the fourth round, we went and got Jabril Cox inside linebacker. I do like that pick in the fourth round. Um, I think he fell, and he fell right into a, to our hands, and I like it. Um, we went Josh Ball, tackle out of Marshall uh, to address an offensive line need. Then in the fifth round, we go Simi Fahuka. Who the hell is that? <laughs> Wide receiver out of Stanford. Um, I heard he's supposed to be good. A stud. So we'll see. Falls to the fifth. Um, that's not good. Ability to make contested catches, but also drops balls that hit him in the hands. So that's always <laughs> something that you don't want to fucking hear from a draft pick I that mean, you got out of wide receiver. Excuse me, Brandon Edwards flashbacks every time. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> In the sixth, we went defensive tackle out of Kentucky. Um, he's a bigger guy. We get corner. Um, Israel Makami, whoever the fuck. Corner out of uh, South Carolina. And in the seventh, we went guard out of Nebraska. So I think we, we mostly defensive side of the ball. And when we did go offense, it was uh, offensive line. So with that, I'm okay. Um, it wasn't a great draft. I thought we reached on some of the guys that we got, but we shirt up the needs. Here's one thing I do like. Leighton Vanderesh, Jalen Smith, you don't get your fucking shit together, you're cut. Because we went and got two linebackers. Well, you didn't pick up the fifth-year option on Vander He's hurt, man. He stays hurt. We can't. <laughs> I know. You know, it's like, goddamn. Um, Tank Lawrence. Oh, that castle out there getting hurt. <laughs> Tank Lawrence. Don't get to the quarterback. Don't fucking play. We just drafted three defensive ends. We went and drafted, guys. Jerry Jones basically says, hey, this is your last chance. I went out and got a defense coordinator last year that I liked. You guys said it was too complicated. We couldn't do this shit, so he's gone. Um, Chris Richard, Rob Marinelli, thought defense was too complicated. They were gone. Dan Quinn's here now, boys. It's third defensive coordinator in three years. Either get your shit together or he's gonna get back pack up. Respectable defense. That's it. <laughs> we don't have to be great. Just get some damn quarterback, man. Don't allow guys to sit back and just fucking thread shit all throughout our defense. So I give our D, I give our draft a B minus. Not bad. We'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. I mean, don't know how these guys are gonna pan out. You know, uh, the Raiders could end up having the best draft out of everybody for five years from now, and. Highly unlikely, but holy shit. yeah, we're gonna be like, well, and also Gruden could trade some of these guys tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a fact. So, all right, what was the topic that you wanted to hit? Uh, who do we think? Which quarterback do we think is gonna have the best success 
early in their career and who has the who set of down the best long term success? Out of, the, out of any of them, who of, do we think is the most out likely of the five. to be? Yeah, the five out first fighters. Who's yes. the most likely to be a bust? Most likely to be a bust. Right there, yeah. Zach Wilson. <clears throat> I agree. I see a lot of Josh Allen in this guy. He's not as big as Allen. Not as big. He's got talented arm strength. Um, he can move around and make some plays. I mean, if, if he plays like Josh Allen, he's not going to stay healthy. No. So, I mean, he already had one shoulder surgery. I could see Zach, I could see Zach Wilson being the bust. I agree. I think he's the most likely. I mean, I think they all could be busts. I think they all can. There's a good chance that they all succeed. So it just depends on how they are uh, how they are developed. Yeah. And how the how they how the offense like how they are transitioning the offense. Do they do they actually take their strengths and use them? Yeah. Or they try to fit the offense, or they try to fit them into the offense. With are they going to take some plays that they're really good at? Concepts they're really good at. Or they make sure that they call a lot of those plays. So. Yeah, I just, in my opinion, I just see Zach Wilson being the bus guy out of this draft class, or out of the first five. Most likely, most likely, he could have been the best out of all of them. We don't yeah. Know. Crapshoot. Right. And, then, and, then, and that's why we... And the Jets organization has historically not done a great job of helping out their quarterbacks they draft. Even go back to Mark Sanchez. I mean, this year, they it, it looked like they could possibly yeah. turn it around. With the new GM, it looks so, like they might be on the right, on the right track. Path. Yeah. You never know. It's New York's the Jets, so... What was the next one? <clears throat> um, who, or which of the quarterbacks do you think are, are built for success? Early in their career, like right now, like yeah, in the like, next two years. Yeah, next two years, and who is going to have the most? Who do you think will have the most long-term success? In the my guy right now would be Trey Lance, and the reason I say that he's got a great running game. Um, if now this this is all going to depend on if they stay healthy, right? Right. So. For the most success right now, I would have to say Trey Lance because of the running game and their defense is pretty solid. Um, you got Kittle to throw the ball to, which is always a nice security blanket. And you have Kyle Shanahan, who's a great offensive line. So I say right now, best success within the first two years, I have to go Trey Lance. I, I agree. I think uh, as long as he's plays. So, uh, so he, I mean, with all these, with three of, other than Lawrence and Zach Wilson, the other three guys might not even see the field the first right. time, so we don't know. I, I doubt it. Um, first of all, Garoppolo, if he can't stay healthy. And, uh, again, in fields, there's going to be a lot of pressure as soon as Andy Dalton throws one interception to put him in there. And the same way with New England. Yeah, same exactly. With Cam Newton. I mean... But, yeah, I just think with the offensive weapons that he has and the pretty solid defense, I feel like Trey – and with Kyle Shanahan, it's a great offensive line. I feel like Trey Lance is set up for success in the first couple of years. Yeah, if I had to choose another one, I would have to go with 
probably Justin Fields. Um, just because of the team around him, like the Bears' defense can carry them. I just don't. And, I just don't know how I feel about the coaching aspect. Yeah, that's I mean, the that's, thing that's kind of going to hold me back on Fields is I don't know how they're going to use them or what they're going to do. So I can't. I think it. I mean, because talent-wise, they're right there. All they were missing was really a quarterback. But the problem is, is <laughs> I don't know how the coaches are going to use Justin Fields. I know how Kyle Shanahan is going to use Trey Lance. Right. Yeah, so I mean, from that, you know, and if and if the 49ers would have drafted drafted Justin Fields, my whoever, answer for this question would have been Justin Fields. Whoever went to San Francisco, it could have yeah. been, okay. been Mac Jones. Anyway. And he would have had he would be my answer because of Kyle Shanahan, the running game that they have, which takes a lot of pressure off of a young quarterback. And the above average defense they have. The only thing that like the Bears have a solid running game as well, that their offensive line isn't at the same level as San Francisco. Exactly. But that's that's also gonna lead you to believe that Fields is probably gonna play earlier. I know they want to sit him, let him learn behind Andy Dalton, but from a just from a pure talent perspective, talent wise, he's better than Dalton. Yeah. Obviously, Dalton's been in the league a long time, and he he knows he has more knowledge, but. And then if their offensive line isn't holding up, you need a more athletic guy back there just to right. have a better, better chance to win games. So um, My longevity answer <laughs> obviously is going to be Trevor Lawrence. I think Lawrence is going to have the best career out of all of them. I just think that his talent is going to override a lot. Um, I think he's complete, man. I really do. Um, I mean, there's some. I know they've talked about his work ethic and whether he's really committed to being an NFL quarterback. My, my those haven't. We, we we don't know the answers to those questions right now. But if we just say right now, who I think is going to have the best career out of those five, I think it's going to be Trevor Lawrence. I uh, the only concern I have about Lawrence is offense because he's coming from. I know Clinton's passing attack is pretty simple. They run a lot of screens and RPOs and stuff. So, And I know his deep accuracy isn't that great. Obviously, his offensive line wasn't that good at Clemson. Um, so it's just, I don't know how. Like, I got to see him just in one game and to see if I put in or a game or two and see, hey, how do I think his career is going to go? The one thing I know, that I, I remember just watching the Ohio State game. Um, when he would get pressured, he has a tendency to kind of fall back and throw off his back foot. So and the balls will kind of float. So I know in the NFL, those are going to get picked off. So I think the one, can he can he learn? Can that be coached out? I think the biggest thing too is I think Urban Meyer <laughs> is really good at kind of taking at what your quarterback does the best and using that to his advantage. So I think that's a big help too. Is having a quarterback that's going to take, or having a coach that is going to take your strengths as a quarterback and use them more than, okay, I'm going to implement my offense, and if you can't get ready or if you can't do what I ask you to, then we're going to move on. I think Urban takes the best out of what he gets as a quarterback and kind of runs with it. And he's going to have a solid uh, running game. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. got good weapons around him. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have – they drafted ETN at, what, the 
undrafted dude Robinson, who ran yeah. for a thousand yards, and they signed Carlos Hyde. So, yeah. I mean, he's got have D, guys to. You know, he's got DJ Chark out there. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's not a but not overwhelmed with talent, but he's got enough to where you know. And how's it going to be in the future? How yeah. long is Urban in the coach here? For one, um, and what kind of talent? I think outside of Trevor Lawrence, you have a lot of other factors that we have to look at. You know what I mean? Yes, those guys are talented, but they have to have – is Justin Fields going to get the coaching that he needs in Chicago? Are they going to use Justin Fields the way that he needs to be used? Is Trey Lance going to be able to succeed if he doesn't have that great run game? Is Mac Jones going to be able to put it all together in New England? You know, it, and I think Trevor Lawrence's talent, and it helps because, like I said, he gets a coach that uses his quarterback's strong points throughout the game and doesn't kind of go, okay, well, this is what we're doing, man. And if you can't do that, then – so I think Trevor Lawrence has got some help. Yeah, the thing that – definitely the thing that concerns – me about fields in uh, in Chicago is definitely it's are the coaches even going to be there after this year? Exactly. And then I think if they who are, comes think, in, how do they use them? Right, and then go back to learning a whole new offense two years in a row. So, which is going to you know slow down his development. But I think if they, I think, I mean, I think that I'm I'm going to give Maggie the benefit of the doubt. I mean, obviously I'm not a Bears fan, so I don't follow him too closely. Uh, but he was there when uh, Mahomes was there. He was offensive coordinator. And he and Smith threw for 4,000 yards that year. And to me, it just never – like, Fields is his guy, right? He wasn't – Trubisky wasn't his guy. He didn't draft Trubisky. I, so I, I just have to – how – and obviously you're going to learn from the whole Trubisky situation. Is he going to be able to learn – not just him, but the whole coaching staff. But with Fields being his guy, is how much more likely is he to be a better coach? I, guess. I just really <laughs> felt like Nagy did not use Trubisky the way that he was supposed to. Well, it was clear he <laughs> Trubisky was never ready. That so, and because they, they ran a lot of plays down the field, and that is not Mitchell Trubisky's game. And it's just like you're beating a dead horse, man. Why are we going to keep calling fucking deep route patterns that Trubisky's not going to hit on? You know, that's the definition of insanity. I mean, I think the, uh, I think, yeah, he might not hit on them, but they're open. That's the frustrating thing. It's like, well, these are working. So if you could just get the ball close. But I think the more the issue that I had is they didn't really use him in like the rollout type stuff because he was pretty he's a pretty athletic dude. He outside. is. He can get out. And he can, I thought Trubisky made better throws on the run than what he did sitting back in the pocket. I thought Trubisky played better when he was outside of the pocket, having to make plays that way. He didn't look comfortable in the pocket. He didn't look comfortable just dropping back and giving me 
a five-step drop and fired it out. He looked a lot better on the rollouts. He looked a lot better of, you know, swinging out, making plays down the field that way. So I felt like they didn't really more... use yeah. Trubisky yeah. to what he really – I mean, I don't think Trubisky was going to be good either way. No, I think it was more of a – But – I don't think he could read a defense very well. That's why he seemed like that more success on those – yeah, simple play. Yeah, he didn't have to like read anything; just see it and throw it. Yeah. Anytime he sat back there and tried to read it, he was like, "Well, what's gonna happen?" Interception right. <laughs> <laughs> or sack. <laughs> so, but I mean, just like all these guys, you don't know what's gonna happen. Okay, so here's another question. Um, outside of the quarterbacks. Who do we think is going to have the best career? Kyle Pitts. Not even close. Not even close. He's just a damn unicorn out there. 6'6", 250, and runs a damn 4'3". <laughs> Can catch everything. Made Kyle Trask look a lot better than he actually was. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't think it's even close. I agree. I, I think Kyle Pitts is the only answer. Um, Jamar Chase could potentially have a really, 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 really good career. It's all going to be based on if the Bengals offense can keep Joe Burrow healthy. Um, who do we think could be the best defensive player out of this draft? Any of them. <laughs> I want your one. That's just a tough question. Why ask? <laughs> <laughs> best defensive I think it's either going to be uh, Sertan or, or Horn. One of those two guys. They both have uh, both their dads played, so they know what they already experienced. They already know what it takes. Right. So I think it's going to be one of those two guys. So here's mine. It's either going to be Sertan or Parsons for me. Here's why I say Parsons. If we let Parsons roam and do what he needs to do to make plays on defense, I feel like Mark, Micah Parsons could have a great career. If we try to leash him up and try to make him fit our system and don't let him free roam. Now, there's a difference between when I say free roam, I'm, I'm not talking about he doesn't have any responsibilities on the defense. He just goes and does whatever. That's not what I'm talking about. Play within the system, but at certain guys you have to let kind of, okay. Yeah, I know what you mean, but. This is your responsibility. Oh, I know I know what you know. I'm talking yeah. to the people. I mean, just from uh, the Kuruma stuff, like, put that, he's a linebacker, but. Damn, put him out in the, over the slot receiver, okay? <laughs> put him out over the slot. Gives him, if they run the ball, like, boom, he's in the backfield. He can blitz off, he can blitz out of there, he can, and he can cover, and it gives him, he's not going to block as easily, so I don't know what you mean. I think if we put Micah Parsons in that position, he could be great, and he could have a great career. I think if we try to bottle him up and leash him up, I think Patrick Sartan will be the top defensive guy out of this draft. Man, I think Sertan is just complete. He's the complete package at corner. 
He doesn't take a lot of risk, but he is a ball hawk. And he's very fundamental at that corner position. You can tell that his father played corner in the NFL. The only question is, is how much can he improve? Yeah. Is he already is he already like at his ceiling? Or really I think even if he's still so. at his, well, yeah, I think right now at his ceiling, he could go in and be a top ten corner this year. That's that's how good I think Patrick Sertan is. Is right now if he goes into the NFL now now here's another thing though. He, he's he's going to a defense that is already good. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? He doesn't so, have to be the number one guy. Exactly. Right? <laughs> so people also have to understand that, too. I'm not talking about Patrick Sertan going into Denver and being a Darrell Revis. I'm talking about Patrick Sertan going into Denver, already on a good defense, already has two or three corners that are very good in the NFL, and he doesn't have to be that number one guy. And he doesn't have to try to be something that he isn't. He can sit down. He can be that fundamental corner. He can pick the ball off when he needs to. He doesn't need to be chaotic in the plays. He doesn't have to try to overcompensate on the plays. He just sits back. He can be a good corner. He can be a top 10 corner in the NFL this year. <laughs> um, I think J.C. Horn could be very good. I just think right now in the situation that he's in in Carolina, they're going to ask him to be that number one guy. So I think it's going to be very hard on him for the first couple of years until he gets somebody else in there with him. I mean, <clears throat> I just think it's, there's, I mean, there's three guys, those two plus Parsons, who are clearly at the end of drop-off and the defensive player. For sure. That. Um, who's your best offensive lineman? I mean, Sewell. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, as a tackle, I probably, I mean, yeah. I I'm going to have to go Slater. Hard, hard to, I'm going to have to go Slater because of the position that he was put in. Um, I think he gets put into a... I mean, well, Sewell will be in Detroit and we won't hear from him for three years. And then, <laughs> so, you know, oh, wait, he's actually the best left tackle in the league. <laughs> So this is based right now off of what we're doing. This is. I mean, if we're going uniforms, definitely Slater. Um. Just right now, based off of what we see, I want you to pick your winners out of each division. Okay. AFC East. You have the Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets. Who's your number one? Bills. AFC West. Chiefs. AFC North. Browns. AFC South. Titans. Still got the Titans. I mean, they've lost quite a bit. So that whole division is. So the Colts have lost stuff, and they got. I mean, we don't know how Winston's going to do. I can see. I can even see Jacksonville winning that division, honestly. Fair enough. NFC East. Washington. Okay. NFC West. Chiefs. 
fans. NFC North. Is Rodgers going to be there or not? <laughs> we'll say Rodgers is there. Yeah. The Packers. If not, then I, if Rodgers is gone, I'd say the Bears. NFC South. Tampa. Okay, here's mine. The NFC, the AFC East, I'm going to go Dolphins. Okay, little little surprise, little we're coming, you coming down to Miami, and I'm taking it from you. AFC West, not even close. The Chiefs are going to run away with that division. They might go undefeated. <laughs> AFC North, I'm going to go Bengals. Oh. Or, no, no, sorry. God, no. Sorry. Woo! <laughs> Put that in your hot takes. God damn, I think I look hard that <laughs> person. <laughs> AFC North, I'm going Browns. I'm sorry, I apologize. I'm going Browns. AFC South, I'm going Colts. I think that offensive line is way too good, and I think the defense got better. NFC East, all the potential in the world, I think the Cowboys win, but I think Washington is going to be right there. It's all going to come down to... It's magic. And the old line. The O-line, also for the Cowboys, the O-line, and is Dak healthy? Um, NFC West, boom, boom, I'm going Cardinals. Ooh. NFC North, if A-Rod's there, I'm going Packers. NFC South, Bucks. And the NFC West is going to be a good one to follow. It's like if any, any of those teams can win it, really. Going Cardinals. That's an interesting pick. I got some faith in Kyler Murray. I, mean, I think I, he's going to be rejuvenated with the weapons that he's got to use. But do you have faith in Cliff Kingsbury? It's a question. I have faith that they're going to put up 30 points a game. <laughs> <laughs> if, he could, if Murray can be consistent, yeah. I not have, have a, not have a, not, I mean, he's, he's, he's trending towards Kirk Cousins' level of inconsistency, and that's a dangerous spot to be in. Yes, so you need to up that up a little bit. Right. And I think with the weapon, I think when he walks out there and he goes, holy shit, I get to throw to these guys. You know what I mean? I It just, it's going to be hard. It's going to be really hard. Um, how do we and feel about. Run, and he can run and he never gets hit. Yeah. How do we feel about the Aaron Rodgers situation? Huh? I saw a thing came out yesterday. Adam Schefter said he had no sources for yeah, it's just stuff that you've been, been hearing yeah. over time. So it's, I mean, it's, it, we'll we'll get we'll get into that after this break. Okay. <laughs> hey, we're back. Hey, we're back. <laughs> um, we're gonna talk about how we feel about this Aaron Rodgers situation. So Dewey, how do you feel Aaron Rodgers is handling the situation? And what do you think about Schefter coming out and saying that he actually had no sources? It was just some of the stuff that he was hearing. Yeah, I mean, he said that when he heard the San, the 49ers reached out to Pat the Green Bay about a trade, he said, oh, I got I to gotta report this before someone else does, right? So, I mean, that's, that's part of the game, though. Like, as that insider game, you know, you want to break these stories before, before anyone else. And he works for ESPN. What's the biggest event ESPN puts on? The draft. So, how are we going to get the most viewers to draft? So, I don't have a problem with it, with how he did it. That's just part of the game. Or when he did it, that's just business. How are you going to get the most viewers and the most reaction out of it? You're going to break it on during the draft. 
Um, and nothing that has come from Rogers. So I think people are thinking that he leaked it on purpose. Like, well, no, that doesn't make any sense to me. It does him no good to do that. <clears throat> Especially at this point, like, he, I don't think neither the Packers nor the Rogers wanted it out. Um, so there's what I'll they, say. I think they're both pretty upset about that. I wouldn't blame Rodgers. No, no, not at all. I mean, it's... I mean, in his career, what have they done to help him? I mean, they they have... They draft... The thing about the fact is they draft well. So... Never any free agency, though. Not until a couple years ago, but it was all defense. Yeah. Um, and you gotta... You gotta think. People think, like, yeah, he, well, he's got weapons. You know, he's got Devontae Adams. He's got, you know, big Bob Tunyon out there. Great tight end. He's got, you know, he, they had their offense is so good. He has weapons. Like, well, think out Aaron Rodgers from the picture and look at these guys, right? You got Devontae Adams, arguably one of the best receivers in the league. Okay. Who's and after that, that you yeah. have a bunch of three and four receivers. Not even, not even that. Like, go take <laughs> Scanling. He's going to find a place on any roster just because of his speed. Struggles to catch a ball, but. But, if you, but all the other guys, look at Alan Lazar. And uh, I don't know who other If you take are. out Aaron Rodgers and just take away Devontae Adams for a minute, the, the rest of those receivers are worse than the Philadelphia Eagles receiving court. Yep. And that's what a lot of people like to bitch about. Oh, well, Carson Wentz didn't have the weapons. And Carson Wentz didn't have this. And. Carson Wentz didn't have that. Neither does Aaron Rodgers, man. Only thing, the only thing that Rodgers has consistently had is an offensive line. That's they do better than anybody in the NFL drafting offensive line. Well, they get Bart Bakhtiari in like the third or fourth round. Fourth. And they drafted yeah. Bakhtiari and yeah. Shredder in the same draft, yeah. both in the fourth round. Yeah. And now Bakhtiari is arguably best the yeah, best, best left tackle, tackle in football. Yeah, Shredder is. You know, president of the Players Association, and again, he's a good center. He's not the best center, but he's definitely good. He's enough. good. Yeah, he's a good center. Um, and then, and then look who they were. Look at how they've done. They used just the center position. You had Treader. Okay, they drafted Corey Lindsley. He becomes the best center in football. Who's the one dude that they have that has not given up a sack in the NFL? Is he a guard? Uh, Elton Jenkins? Yes. He plays every position on the offensive line. Dude is a stud. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't they draft him? Yeah. They drafted him and uh, the play guard. They draft him as a guard. <laughs> I think the right tackle gets hurt, so he goes in and plays the right tackle. They Center. said he hasn't given up a sack in like 300, 400-something snaps or some shit like that. Yeah, he's played every position on the offensive yeah. line. Which is insane. Which is ridiculous, yeah. It is insane to me. I can understand, like, guard, you're playing both guard spots and center. I mean, that's pretty much the same position, except, I mean, you got to have the, the brain to be able to play center. But you also have center, so center you got to have that first that first step, too. A little bit different than guard. As center, you got to kind of – that first step as a center is very important. And you also, I mean, typically you want your center to be smart. You, you got to be able to read – defense, but I mean, you also have Aaron Rodgers, so it's not as a... It takes a little bit off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So... Because a lot of people don't understand that in the NFL, the centers make the line calls. Mm -hmm. It's not off the quarterback. 
center the centers put the offensive line in the blocking scheme. Which is why whenever you see them walk up to the line, you see the center kind of directing on what they want to do. That's not all up to the quarterback. The quarterback puts them into plays, but that center and change anything. Yeah, but that center, center can't see. That center is the the center fielder of that offensive line. He puts them in the blocking schemes and the positions that they need to be in, which is very key. And and then tackle and guard are very different. Like you go from being a guard, you have guys on both sides of you to a tackle. You're by you're basically on an island by yourself yep. against the best the pass, best pass rusher in the world. <laughs> yeah, you know, so it's not easy. <laughs> um, no, and to, him, to be able to do play all those positions at a high level is insane. <laughs> um, the thing I'll say. I've always been a fan of Aaron Rodgers on the field. I've never been a big fan of his character. though. Um, he comes off really cocky, real arrogant, real asshole-ish, which, I mean, completely understandable, you know. You're, I mean, I get it. You know, Mainly top three quarterback in the NFL, arguably the best quarterback in the NFL. I get it. You I mean, know what I mean? Um, I would, the only thing I would counter – that is, it's, see, it's only you've seen only directed towards the media. True. Any players True. that come out that have played with him say he's a great teammate. So, and him with him going on the Pat McAfee show, you'll be able to see a little bit more of his personality. And it's like, well, he's not as arrogant as he's, he comes across in the right. media. But he has a good reason because the media has dragged him for a little while for some stupid shit, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so I could I could see why he would like feel that way towards the media. Just oh, completely, one hundred percent. So the thing, um, obviously, I think that Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay. I don't think there's any question about that. And even if he didn't want to stay in Green Bay, I don't think Green Bay trades him. Um, I think if. Uh, I think the thing. If they, if they, Thing that they they don't do him like I don't think it's necessarily about the draft that who they draft right it's like because they typically hit on all those guys I'll still so never like, understand why they drafted Jordan Love last year no that's that's what I'm getting to like it's that is a, that pick was stupid that's the only one that you can quite that really jumps out of it that you makes you scratch your head but it's just a lack of communication like they didn't tell him they didn't call him up and say hey we're drafting. You might draft a quarterback and they fall. And that's just how the factors are. You, know, you see Tom Brady when the Buccaneers draft Trask. They told him, hey, this Trask is our guy we were looking at in the second round if he's there, we're taking him. You know, and the Bears even told the Bears told Andy Dalton, who they just signed like a month ago, hey, we're, uh, if the quarterback is there, but we're taking a quarterback and one that we like falls. So just let you know. Vikings told Cousins the same thing. Um, so it's just, <clears throat> just that communication. And then a couple years ago, when uh, they had uh, Jake Kumaro was on their team, the wide receiver, Rodgers had just talked to the media. You know, because he was, they're battling for roster spots. I think it was him and um, some of the other the receivers that are on the team now, like Lazard and everybody else. 
And uh, they asked the media asked Rogers like what he thought, and he said, "Oh, Kumaro, he's reliable, he's dependable, and I'm going to count on him for this season." And then the next day they cut him. So didn't tell didn't talk to Rogers about any of that. So it's like, well, now I look like an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> I just so. I just feel like Green Bay has not put Aaron Rodgers in the position to be what the possibility could. Aaron Rodgers has kind of done everything himself. Um, he's made some of these guys. I mean, you saw when he got hurt. Yeah. The one year, they went three wins. Yeah. I mean, Obviously the defense hasn't been great since that Super Bowl run. Hasn't really been good since that Super Bowl run. Um, the only weapon you can say he's had consistently is Devontae Adams. Um, Aaron Jones is always nice to have in the backfield, you know. Um, Even though they overpaid for him, but yeah, again, but he earned it. Yeah, but if I'm not, I'm not saying they didn't overpay for him. I'm just saying I, I get it. He earned it. I get it. I understand, but it's as a, it's just part of the team building that it's like, well, we're struggling. We don't have the cap to be able to do any of these stuff. Why'd you sign Aaron Jones? Right. Could have kept Williams, and you got the dude you drafted who's really good for a lot cheaper. Yeah, I get it. For sure. But, I mean, yeah, Jones is top 10 running back in the NFL, so. And he has, and he's loved in Green Bay, so. You would just I like, you would, you would just like to see Green Bay get Aaron Rodgers another weapon on the outside. Yeah. You know, but it's always been that way. You know, he's always only had one real guy that he can rely on. Jordy Nelson. Well, he had, he had Greg Jennings there for a little bit. And the Jordy Nelson gets old, and it's. Well, he had Cobb, too, but yeah, that was more of a he's a more of a Swiss Army knife. Thing. Yeah, he's what they're that's what they're missing a slot receiver. Right. Like, tell me, Alan Lazard is going to take ten seconds to run a slant. You want to? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I just, yeah, I mean, I don't think that they break up, but I could definitely see frustration from Aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah, and I think 100%. what. Yeah, I get why he would be frustrated. I don't think he wanted it out there. No, and I don't think them more the more the Packers did. So I don't think I think it's just Schefter being good at his job. Yeah, really. <laughs> and uh, uh, it's, I think there, there's definitely I see reconciliation possible. Um, uh, easy to go and trade for Julio Jones tomorrow. Boom, it's yeah. fixed. Yeah. <laughs> So, but it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I could also see him just retiring. I don't because over being traded. Because the Packers aren't going to trade him. True. I don't, like, unless they really believe Jordan Love is the guy. And they said and last year Jordan Love it. was not the guy. Tim Boyle, uh, he was never active. Tim Boyle was the backup. Yeah. They said Jordan Love <laughs> was absolutely terrible in practice. It was, they said bad. They said it was bad. So And they're looking to bring in quarterbacks now. Yeah. They just came out. So it's like uh, they had to have what Love and Rogers, I think they're only two on the roster. So it's like I get like not a good obviously, look. No, that trade was dumb just dumb. Like, apparently allegedly they traded up for somebody else that they already had a trade in place and they got drafted right before that or something. They said, hey, he's the best player on the board. We'll take it. 
God, it's so stupid. That was bad. Um, anything else you want to cover? Pick the Dolphins, I pick the Bills, so naturally the Patriots are going to win that division. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like we gave you one year, Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, I mean, they have, I think they have, they have seen just stack, honestly, with, with talent. It's quite ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I don't think anybody competes with Kansas City. I just don't. I think they're the Browns, maybe. Buffalo, maybe. They have to really control the ball, though. Yeah, I mean they got the talent. I mean, offensively, they can keep up with. Them, right, they have the all running backs, offensive yeah. line, receivers to keep up with Kansas City. In the playoffs, it was a they had, the offensive line was hurt. So I mean, I remember they were missing uh, Conklin, the right tackle. He was injured. I think Teller, one of them might have been out with COVID, and the first play of the game, freaking your left tackle gets hurt, is out for the game. So you're missing three or three, maybe four, I don't remember exactly, three or four starters on the O-line against Kansas City. Yeah. And Beckham's hurt, you had no one to stretch the field deep, so it was, Chiefs were just sitting on everything, and yeah, that's, was, why, that's why you saw when they were passing, like, everything was contested. So. Yeah. But if now they now improved their defense a lot, I think if their defense is healthy playing Kansas City, I think they have a chance. They have everybody healthy against Kansas, then they have a chance. But yeah, it's gonna be tough. Yeah, not gonna be easy. <laughs> no. I mean, that Kansas City team got better. Yeah, I mean, you, know? you saw what they did with the O line. They went from having two two quality starters to uh, maybe the best offensive line in the league now. Yeah, I mean they. They got better, man, and that's scary to say. You know, they got better. So, um, anything else that you want to cover? I know it's kind of hard to cover baseball right now because it's kind of so early. It's still so early. Basketball, you can't really cover a lot right now because you got to kind of wait to the playoffs towards the, the very the end of the year. Are the Lakers going to be healthy for the playoffs? That's going to be tough. Um. I mean, LeBron's been out. They keep sliding, man. Yeah, and they're, what, the sixth seed now? Sixth seed. Davis, still out. Out, basically. Man, it's... If, they, if they're not healthy for the playoffs, they're not going to make no, it to the finals. It's going to be ugly. Yeah. So, I and mean... Brooklyn's the same way. Yeah. Like James Harden, they have no... No one can stop... They have no one to stop the bigs. No. It's going to be entertaining. But yeah. <laughs> Hopefully the next episode we can talk a little bit more about basketball because it will be closer to that playoff. And there's a lot more to talk about when it comes down to the wire, down to the bubble. Um, I, I got nothing else. Uh, we we kind of knew going into this episode there was going to be a lot of NFL draft, mm-hmm. NFL stuff. Yeah. So, um, And I think we covered a lot. So yeah. I just think uh, – The Dave Rogers stuff. I mean, what's just the Rogers stuff? More free agency. Yeah. Um, so I don't see the the Rogers stuff being a 
I'm not silent playing it either. You're gonna come of it. Yeah. There's gonna be more just speculation. Right. Until Rogers or until Packers. somebody actually comes out and says something. Yeah. So, yeah. but all right, guys. Uh, give this episode a listen. Follow us on Facebook. Uh, I think we're gonna be making a Twitter here pretty soon. We're gonna be on the Twitter sphere. Um, so Twitterverse. Yeah. So um, our next episode, we are actually looking into going Facebook Live. Um, we're looking into some live stream options, and I don't. We we got to kind of work around the YouTube thing because I think for the YouTube we have to record it and then post it. I don't know if we can go live for YouTube, but we're definitely going to be looking into Facebook Live just because. We want to interact with you guys in the middle of the show. We want to answer questions, do things of that nature. So Facebook Live is definitely going to give us that option to where we can do that. Um, So like us, share us, and give us a chance, man. So (laughs) Please believe me. (laughs) But, uh, you know, that's all I can say right now. We'll be back here in two weeks. Nate will be back with us. We might have a special guest. Um, other than that, you guys have a good week, good weekends. Peace out.